It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, and yes! Touchdown, did he get it? Welcome back, hour two. Is that you breathing into the mic? <laughs> that was a little... <laughs> It's a little close. <laughs> I'm really excited for the second hour. <laughs> it's like creepy. It's like, wait a minute, what's that noise? <laughs> I'll back off. <laughs> We're used to usually on this side, you have to like eat the mic that's in front of you. <laughs> I know. And, and that true. one, it's like you could be standing ten feet back and it'll still be <laughs> Pick picking up, up pretty good. Everything. So, all right, hour two, full court press. Jason Walker, Eric Franson. We're going to get into some Utah State football now. We've just been going over the basketball, the Mountain West Media Days, and all of that. Touch of Jazz. We'll get a little bit more into the Jazz in the second hour. My Eric Franson actually going to the Jazz game. Yeah, this kind of on a whim late last night, we decided to get some tickets to go. And I just looked, looks like we're going to get some free t shirts. So that's a really expensive t shirt. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> the upper bowl. But uh, we're going to go. I got a German exchange student living with us right now. And we're trying to have him experience a lot of different things from, from the state. So we're going to take him to a jazz game. Yeah. And you know what? I'm excited, to be honest. Uh, first, it's a season opener, new team, and just to see how they look. Uh, Denver's favored by seven. I think Denver will win by the double digits. Jamal yeah. Murray, his first official game back in a long time. And because he's a point guard, he'll put up 78 points. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. So one last text before we get into the Utah State football, because we had this coming at the end of last hour. Uh, one one eight one. We were talking about Utah State having dudes, or as I might say, dudes. Dudes. <laughs> um... 1181 says, wasn't the last dude we had was Merrill? Talking about Sam Merrill, which I would say Keta and Bean kind of fit into that as well. So we've had one most every year. Yeah, but the, the last one would have been, well, Are talking would, like, you, would you call Justin Bean a, a dude? In terms of scoring, not so not, much. But, but he got he, a lot better his last year. He's a lot better at, at, at you know, he was a lot better of a shooter. Didn't shoot a ton. Yeah, but I think he was able to be a semi-reliable score. His, I think when we say dude or dude, dude, I think we focus so much on just what they do offensively for good reason. But being, I would say he's a dude because of everything that he means to the team and everything he does on the court. Not just scoring. Hustle plays, putbacks, defense. I think he did a lot of things on the court that helped. He made a lot of winning plays. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Um, if you look just offensively, get a bucket guy, yeah, Sam Merrill was the last guy on the roster to do that. Does this team have that guy? I think they do, but I don't know how much time he's going to see on the court. I don't know if he's polished enough yet to be there, but I think that they have... At least one guy. Maybe they have a couple of guys. We're going to see how they emerge this season. Yeah, for me, and you talk about replacing Justin Bean, the easiest thing 
to replace from Justin Bean's game last year is shooting. Taylor Funk does that. Um, they don't have somebody maybe as good as being a good cutter. Maybe Atkin can fill in that where Justin Bean was a phenomenal cutter, get to the basket, and then offensive rebound put back. Like, he was top of the country in those things. Literally, yeah. you look at the stats, he was top of the country in terms of his ability to get points off of cuts and offensive rebounds. He was a double-double machine. Yeah, and, and Funk isn't that. Atkin maybe a little bit, but, the, you know, can they replace Justin Bean's rebounding, especially at that, you know, power forward-ish position? Um, they haven't done that. They haven't, re- they haven't replaced his rebounding. They haven't replaced his really good defense. So if they, they can replace the scoring just fine, in my opinion. It's the rebounding and defense that Bean has that I don't think Funk isn't going to replace. That He's not a good rebounder, and he's at best a neutral defender, maybe slightly... Uh, slightly positive defender. So, can they replace some of those things they lost with uh, Justin Bean? But, anyway, let's move on to football. Utah State plays Wyoming. Huge game. I know we've said that for like four weeks straight. Uh, but, it's been true for four straight weeks. When you go, you start off one and four, the next game is the biggest game of the season to try in your in, <laughs> in your attempt to turn things around. Yeah. Now they've won two in a row. Clearly they're on a trend where they're improving, they're playing better. It just looks more like the team from a year ago to some degree. But there's uh, definitely a better feeling and attitude and confidence about this team right now from where they were a month ago. But you're right. This is a really big game. Utah State acting like they're still in the hunt for the Mountain Division. Well, guess what? Wyoming feels the same. They have the same mentality and idea that, hey, we're still in the hunt just as much as anybody to win the Mountain Division, and they want to go get it too. It's on their field. They have some confidence. So this is a big challenge for Utah State. And, in fact, let me get to my would-you-rather question as it relates to Utah State football on a would-you-rather Wednesday. So would you rather have Calvin Tyler Jr., Rush for 150 yards, or would you rather have Bishop Davenport throw for 150 yards? <laughs> I'd rather have Calvin Tyler Jr. run for 150 yards because that probably means Utah State won the game. Bishop Davenport could throw for 250 yards and they'd still lose the game. I, I mean, I wouldn't say they're probably they, right. I wouldn't say they will lose the game even you know if he throws for 250. It's just there is a much higher uh, possibility that they lose, even if he throws for 250. If Tyler runs for 150, like, that means they've had a good run game. As a team, they're probably closer to 200, maybe 220 rushing yards. And right now, a Utah State team that gets 220-ish rushing yards, that's a team that doesn't lose very often. And I'm going to look that up just to confirm that. But if you've got your f- true freshman quarterback who's able to throw for 150 yards... I think that also shows that your offense is working with uh, a, a, a true freshman that only had one week of reps with the first team all year and uh, is having some success in the in the passing game. So uh, I think that also shows you know, a, a, a strong signal for Utah State offensively to be able to pull that off. So here's the thing. This is why I say you could throw for 250 and still lose. Garbage time. Playing against prevent defense, throwing interceptions, all these different things. That can still very much happen if he's throwing for 150 
or more yards. Because, like, you know, 150 yards in terms of passing, that's not a lot. That doesn't run an offense. And it sounds weird to say the same amount in the run game does run an offense, but it, it does. Yeah, they're, they're vastly different. I get that. Yeah. And, and here's the thing. So Utah State, when they get at least 199 rushing yards, almost 200, they're 3-1. and one. The one loss being to number 19 BYU. And they were in that game for a while. So getting, you know, it's like I said, if Calvin Tyler gets 150, the team as a whole is probably close to 200. And that's been an almost perfect recipe for success for this team. Yeah, and that, that really gets to the heart of what I think is a major key for Utah State. And really, you and I agree here that running the ball is one of the biggest factors for Utah State to have some success uh, against Wyoming. Uh, they've got, uh, it's not to say that they've got the best run defense in the league, they, they don't. Um, but they're solid in the run defense. They showed an ability against Air Force to really shut them down, but Utah State showed an ability to not shut them down but contain them. And so Wyoming has a, a, a physical front that really caused problems a year ago. Coach Craig Bull said, we felt good about our game plan, didn't expect to have the margin of victory like we had. We felt good about it. But he said, this year... It's going to be very different because the way that Utah State has uh, with the quarterback situation at USU, not having Logan Bonner as an option, they have to come up with a different game plan against the Aggies than they did a year ago. So it's going to look different on Saturday than it did uh, last year. Yeah, and so that's the chance for Utah State to be better running the ball because I my one of my predictions for BYU is that Utah State wouldn't run the ball very well. And it was based largely on the fact that Utah State couldn't run the ball at all, they had like 12 total yards, I think, or something like that, maybe 25 yards, in, in rushing that entire game against BYU. Well, this year, they ran for 204 yards. They did just fine in the run game. There were other reasons why they lost. So it's possible we could have a similar situation here with Wyoming, where last year they struggled, but this year, partly because of the running quarterback and maybe partly because of some improvements and shifts in game plan and, and how they approach the game, they can have a good running game against Wyoming. And if they do, that's a huge indicator of, of them maybe winning. So want to get to a few texts. Uh, 9315, he asks, what scares you the most in the Wyoming game? What scares me the most is a, a, a strong defensive front that may get after uh, a, what could be a true freshman quarterback and just make life difficult for him, not getting – not feeling comfortable, not f- feeling like he's always having to speed up what he wants to do, speed up his progression, speed up his timing. That 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 scares me the most. So there's there's two things that scare me. So I'm going to answer this too, although one of them Eric brought up, the big defensive front from Wyoming. So we've already talked about that. The other one for me is Andrew Peasley. More specifically, his running ability. Mm-hmm. His ability to extend drives and keep Wyoming's offense off the field, and at that same time, keeping Utah State's offense off the field. Whether or not Andrew Peasley has a lot of running yards in this game, I think will be you know, an, another key for Utah State in winning. Limiting Peasley, and, and I guess in that same vein, like, don't let him throw for, you know, Tony yards don't have any big plays passing, but I'm more scared of his legs than I am his arm. Mm, yes, I am as well. Uh, look, Wyoming 
we talk about that defensive front, but they as a team have uh, let's see, they have three. Well, maybe I'm reading that wrong. I'll come back to that. I got to read this again. Better. Well, I'll, uh, I'll go- about interceptions, but I'll get back. To I'll that. go to some texts and I'll I'll let you maybe look into that a little <laughs> there more. We go. Thank you. Uh, nine, uh, excuse me, seven nine nine four. He says big games only exist when a team is in the hunt for something. Thankfully, USU still has a big game this week. Hopefully, they will still have a big game next week. I actually like this point. It's it, it is a positive spin on the fact that Utah State basically has to be in the playoffs every week in terms of their hunt for the Mountain West title, and maybe they're in a double elimination, or whatever you want to call it, for a bowl game. Well, yeah, it is nice to be able to get up for these games. Because I, you know, 2020, when I was doing some coverage for the football team, it was like, all right, how much are we losing by this week? And it's almost how I felt when I was driving down to Provo to cover that game this year. I was like, all right, how much are we going to lose by? And then I get to drive two hours back up to Logan. But it was an exciting game because they played well, and they showed some spirit, and it showed they're turning it around, and now things are getting more exciting. Yeah. So it's nice to be able to say it's a big game because it means the football still matters. Right. It's still relevant. It's like they're still in the hunt. They're still competitive. They haven't given up on each other or the coaches uh, or the team. Yeah. So we'll do one more text, and maybe we'll get back to Eric. I don't know if he's finished looking his thing up yet. Uh, I found what I was looking for. It's a little different than originally thought, so I'm glad I looked it up to clarify. Okay. Um, so 8968 says, I would rather win the game on, uh, he said on either account? I think maybe he was referring to your would oh, you rather. Oh, would you rather. His, his either was spelled rather interestingly. but <laughs> Ether? Yeah. So, um... What I was looking for, actually, the first thing I was looking for, it was about interceptions thrown. And they Andrew Peasley in that uh, Wyoming offense has only thrown three interceptions. Utah State has given away like 13, which is crazy. But really what I was looking for was the pass defense. And Wyoming is giving up, on average, 240 yards a game through the year. So they're doing a better job with their run defense uh, and that's partially why teams are having a harder time rushing the ball. Wyoming gives up 147 yards on the ground, uh, which puts them fifth in the conference. Um, Utah State, on the other hand, gives up 186 yards on the ground, but only 193 through the air. So a little better in their pass defense. But uh, again, if teams... It's kind of a skewed number. If you can run the ball on a team, you don't have to throw the ball. And so that can be a little bit skewed. But um, I, I think that you know, that's the key. If Utah State can open up the run game, that's going to be a big thing to take some pressure off of off of, uh, off of Davenport if he is the guy. And I'm not – we keep referring to him as the guy. But at this point, we have to assume that he is going to be the guy because we haven't been told if – Lagaz cleared concussion protocol, or if Levi Williams has enough strength in that ankle to uh, play a full game. Well, we know Utah State's not going to uh, let that information leak. They didn't even tell us that Bonner was out for the year, which normally that's kind of the almost custom for teams. If they're out for the year, they tell us. Otherwise, they will say literally anything and just, well, literally anything usually is day by day, you know, a guy could have had his leg amputated and then reattached, and he's still day by day as long as he's returning at some point in the season. <laughs> yeah. Especially ahead of a, a big rivalry game in state. 
Yeah. So, I'm somewhat confident Legal will be back. Because a concussion is one you can sometimes come from, come back from inside of a week. Although it is possible. Maybe if if they're borderline, they may say, let's just hold them out and go into the bye week and be sure. So there could be that line of thinking. But they are also in a situation where it's, you lose this game, then what does it matter at that point? Other than at that point, you're chasing a bowl game and just praying that a bunch of other people lose and that the rest of the West, the Mountain Division, cannibalizes itself. A couple other things about running the ball against Wyoming. Their rush defense in conference play, they give about four yards uh, in on average per rush. But at home, this is on the season, at home, 2.8. Vastly different. Utah State, on the other hand, they gear, they're giving up 3.56 yards per per rush in conference, but on when they go on the road, they give up five. So yeah, that's it's, tricky. things are trending in the wrong direction here when you compare these two teams with their rush defenses, how they perform at home versus how they perform on the road. And Wyoming feels like a team that always just plays better at home. It's just they somehow just get way, way better. And it's happened multiple times. Yes. So, uh, 9315 says, we better take that rifle. Got to take that gun. Yeah. You know, I love trophy games. Tra- traveling trophies are fun. Um, you know, you heard uh, Coach Anderson earlier in the week. He didn't really think too much of it. Craig Bull, uh, earlier this week, he was asked. He's like, uh, yeah, looks cool, whatever. But he did say, you know, that's what makes you know college football fun, having having games like this. And I totally agree with him on that. Problem is, it's a trophy that was created in 2013. It's not like the wagon wheel, which dates back to like the 40s or 50s, I think. Yeah, true. So doesn't it, quite have the same heritage or history. Yeah, it's just like kind of cool. It's kind of like the same vein where like a lot of teams are coming up with stupid props, like the turnover this or the turnover that or. What not? Everyone has a stupid idea for a different turnover prop. Yeah. And sometimes the the rivalry props they're usually doing better. I mean, a rifle is kind of cool. A cannon is pretty cool. An oil drum is kind of stupid. <laughs> but you know, just the old beehive boot. That was a little different. I li- I kind of like the beehive boot. Yeah, but that's. Especially because it's gone you know, by the wayside. Probably because it's also tied to the history. I know, like an oil can or whatever it is, there's some ties to you know that rabbit. Because isn't that Fresno and Fresno and San Diego? Okay, that's a little weirder because they're not necessarily oil. <laughs> I don't. That makes more sense for like Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Yeah, yeah. But you know, something like Beehive Boo, it's like it's tied to the the pioneer heritage and sure and stuff like that. So, I guess. Uh, eight nine six eight. Sorry about that. I should proofread a little better. I sent out a tweet earlier today. There's a typo in it. <laughs> hey, it happens to all of us. <laughs> I'm a professional writer, and I had a typo. We, so. you know what? We could we could understand your text. We know that there was a little spelling, you know, snafu there, but we understood the uh, the, the the essence of the text, which isn't you know always the case. Sometimes we get texts. All right, so. 
we actually got to hurry things up because I know we we've got to get to our predictions because mm. you gotta you gotta skedaddle soon. I do. So let's get to our score predictions and a little bit of what we think is going to happen. I'll start with you, Eric. Okay, so I think that um, this really hinges on who's the starting quarterback. If it's Cooper Lega, if it's Levi Williams, the Aggies have more, I think, experience there, certainly going up against a, a solid defense. Um, but uh, you still have Calvin Tyler there. You still have an offensive line that's the same. So Utah State's got to be able to establish the run and get some some confidence going there. But on the other hand, they've, they've got to be able to contain Peasley, which will be tough. He'll be motivated. Um, I think it's, you know, it's going to be an emotional game for him and, uh, and, and his coaches. But it's not like he left under bad terms and people are like, ah, oh, I hate that guy. I can't yeah. believe he left. Um, so I think it's maybe not quite as big of a deal as some people are trying to make it. It's kind of like what Grishik with Colorado State. It's like he didn't hate him. He just kind of wanted like, oh, it's. Yeah, those are my guys over there. Yeah. I want to show them. It's that friendly competition that still drives you. It's just driven by a different thing. Yes, I agree. Totally agree. In the end, I've got Wyoming 24, Utah State 21. I would love to see Utah State win this one. I had this one before the season as one of those tough ones to get, even considering all things were going right with the team that I thought was going to win eight games. So I think that this is going to be a challenging place to play for Utah State. Some things that are uh, stacked against them. Uh, I like where they're at and where they're trending, but I still have Wyoming picking up the win. Yeah, so my my prediction kind of went... My initial one was Utah State scoring a pretty low number of points. And then I was like, well, I think Lagaz is going to be back. So my prediction is kind of based on I think Lagaz will be in there. But even still, I think you know, Utah State's going to have some success moving the ball. I think they're going to run the ball decently well. But penalties and turnovers are going to kill some drives. They're going to stall out. They're not going to score too many points. Wyoming, they may struggle a bit against Utah State's defense, but they're going to have a few drives extended by Peasley's legs. There's going to be a few Utah State penalties, and that's going to give them a few extra points and give them what I believe will be the edge in this game because I have Wyoming 23 Utah State 17. Mm. So, somewhat low scoring, maybe a little bit average scoring game. But ultimately, I think you, Wyoming is just going to have a few more winning plays in this game and come out with the win. Yeah, this is one of the least penalized teams in all of college football. Going up against one of the worst penalized teams in college football. Yeah. And you've got potentially an inexperienced quarterback under center. Just there are a few too many things that uh, are kind of stacked against the Aggies. Now, they overcame a lot of those obstacles last week, but they also were facing one of the worst football teams in all of college football. Yeah. Wyoming is not one of the worst college football teams in college football. Yeah. You know, I think even if Lega plays, Utah State's just not shown the ability to not turn the ball over since, like, Alabama, I guess. The one game where they didn't even try on offense and they didn't turn the ball over. But every time they've been going for it, they've turned it over. Sometimes it's a fluke, but they still do it. Yes. And, by the way, 9315, he points out to us helpfully, there are oil fields in San Jose, California. And then gives us a good <laughs> big old link, which I hope you're not offended. I'm probably not going to click on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. There we go. 
Anyway, that'll do it for, uh, I guess going to do it for Eric. We'll go to break. And You'll we'll... hear from me later, though. Yeah. I may not be here. That's true. You, but you will still hear from me. Yeah, we're going to be playing some player audio later, so you will still hear Eric's wonderful voice, even though he'll be on his way to Salt Lake City and whatever they're, they're calling that stadium now these days. <laughs> so, we'll, or I guess I'll be back after this with some uh, football player audio. We'll be back uh, on 106.9 The Fan. You can't beat fall in Utah. The weather is perfect for a getaway. Get out and drive a new Murdoch Hyundai with 1.9% for three years on Santa Fe, Kona, or Sonata. And every new Hyundai comes with America's best warranty, a 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty, and owner's assurance. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Hyundai in Logan, Linden, and Murray, or online at MurdochHyundai.com. Call 866-6283-6560 dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11-122. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. What's more important than sleep? Granted, some things are, but not many. This is Ryan at My Mattress, and here we offer the best solution to better sleep, a better mattress. IntelliBed, the gel mattress, cradles your hips and shoulders while providing the best back support possible. Or come in and choose a Tempur-Pedic that boasts 93% of their owners love their bed. My Mattress, offering the best sleep possible by the South Walmart. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat, the Allergy Clinic, and the Hearing Aid Center are now located in Providence and Cash Valley's newest and most up-to-date medical clinic located at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan, just south of Cash Valley Hospital. The entire staff and Dr. Benyon, Blotter, and Robinette look forward to helping you and your family at this state-of-the-art medical facility. Cash Valley Ear, Nose, and Throat is now located in Providence and their new office at 2245 North 400 East in North Logan. Go to CashValleyENT.com for details. Most insurance products, including SelectMed, are accepted. Elements has delicious lunch specials, two for $30, or the new soup, salad, and bread special for just $10. is tasty and quick. Elements lunch menu is full of scrumptious items prepared with a personal touch. Wood-fired pizzas are an excellent choice that include barbecue chicken and the bee's knees. The fresh-battered halibut fish and chips with seasoned fries is always a hit. And don't forget the fan-favorite Munster Burger. Casual or professional, open Monday through Thursday, 11.30 to 8 p.m., and Friday and Saturday, 11.30 to 9 p.m., visit the elementsrestaurant.com for reservations today. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. It's a Week 7 showdown in the NFC as the Dallas Cowboys host the Detroit Lions. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Danny White and myself for all the action as Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and the Cowboys look to bounce back from Sunday's loss in Philly as they welcome Jared Goff and the well-rested Detroit Lions to Dallas. It's the Cowboys and the Lions. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday morning beginning at 1030 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Talking the sports you care about. The Full Court Press on Sports Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
get yourself prepared for the winter with the help of your locally owned Napa Auto Parts. Antifreeze, fuel stabilizers, ice melt, Rain-X, Trico silicone wiper blades, Napa Legend and Legend Premium batteries. Get all those things and more at Napa Auto Parts. So, want to get back to uh, Utah State football, uh, their matchup with Wyoming. We just talked about our score predictions. Uh, Eric, who just left the studio, he's heading to the Jazz game, and we'll get more to the Jazz uh, later this hour. That'll, we'll probably close up the show with some Jazz talk, previewing their, uh, their season opener. They're opening the game against the Nuggets. They're uh, seven-point underdogs. I know uh, somebody brought up saying they were seven-and-a-half, so... That that just may be a different sports, but basically they're a touchdown underdog. Wrong sport, but who cares? <laughs> but keeping on with the uh, Wyoming Utah State Wyoming game, so Eric predicted twenty four twenty one for Alabama. I predicted twenty three seventeen for Wyoming. Um, eight nine six eight. Uh, he may have also predicted Wyoming beating. Uh, Utah State, because he says, let's hope we all eat crow Sunday, um, which I kind of hope so too. You know, when, when I've been picking Utah State to lose, I've been pessimistic, and I think you know a couple times I've I've been wrong where Utah State comes out and surprises. Um, I, I picked them to lose big against Air Force. They end up winning, so certainly had to eat some crow, and I was pessimistic about Cooper Lagaw. Didn't think he was going to perform nearly as well. I've been wrong about that. He's performed better, especially in the passing game, than I expected. Um, 7994, he says, I'm going contrary to you. I think the defense steps up. Aggies, 1714. And for me, that, you know, 1714, that's really you know the kind of winning score that I would expect. I don't expect Utah State to win like 3117 or. Something like that. If they win, it'll be a 17-14, a 20-13, or a 13-10, or something like that. A lot like the Colorado State game last week, where it, it's not going to be very pretty, but you got to win at seemingly all costs. They won at basically every cost that Colorado State. It cost them their backup and third-string quarterback and their top defensive end and maybe somebody else that I've forgotten to bring up, but, you know, you got to win this game. Uh, if, if you're going to stay in the Mountain West title contention to help you, you know, stay ahead in the race to getting, you know, being bowl eligible, you got to win this game. Uh, 9315. He has his, uh, I think he's asking Jason, what's my keys to the game for a USU win in Wyoming? And he also chips in a score prediction that is the same as 7994. He says Utah State 17, Wyoming 14. And uh, I, I kind of touched on this yesterday, and I haven't said it today, so I'll obviously to, to answer 9 through 5. The key for me on offense, it's running the ball. Run the ball effectively. That's why I was scared when, when a little bit when Eric brought up Wyoming's like uh, record at home as far as uh, – the yards per carry they allowed to Wyoming, which I think was like 2.8. That scares me. Um, it's also why when Eric brought up that, would you rather? Would you rather Davenport throw for 150 or Tyler run for 150? Run for 150. Utah State needs to run the ball. Mainly because I don't think they can throw the ball for 10. If they throw for like 400 yards, okay. Yeah, they're probably going to win if they do that. 
But for me, in terms of realistic things I'm going to expect, it has to be running the ball. Be efficient in running the ball. And it's not so much about yards, I guess in total yards, do they need to get 200 yards? As I've mentioned, when they've gotten to at least 199, like on the eve of 200, they're 3-1. and 3-1 and one when they get basically 200 yards rushing. The one loss being to BYU, where they were kind of in the game for a while. And in the second half, they weren't running the ball super well. And that, that's part of why they ended up falling behind is because they couldn't keep that ball, ball control offense going. So run the ball effectively. And then on, on defense, it's penning in Andrew Peasley, not letting him extend drives with his legs. Because in terms of some of the other things, I like Utah State's ability to at least you know, not get super gashed by Wyoming's run game or by their pass game. I'm not really scared by Wyoming's run game or pass game. Especially not their pass game, there's a possibility their run game could have some success. They did last year. But for me, it's about them being able to extend drives, getting into a third and eight, and you end up covering all of Peasley's wide receivers, and you maybe get pressure on Peasley, but he escapes and runs for 11 yards. Extend the drive. Or, you know, penalties. He throws a deep ball on third and 11, and pass interference or unsportsmanlike conduct, or something. Like So the key really is running the ball on offense and just not letting Peasley beat you with his legs. For me, those are going to be the keys for Utah State. If they do those two things, I have a hard time seeing them lose. The only way they would lose, I feel like, in that situation is if they're just spectacularly bad in some other area where they're giving up a ton of turnovers or Wyoming is gashing them with their running backs for like 300 yards like they did last season. Last season, their running backs, in, in total, their run game had 363 yards rushing, which is insane. It's like 10th most Utah State's given up rushing yards this century. And if you exclude the, some Air Force games where, you know, Air Force always can run for a bunch of yards, if you exclude some Air Force games, it's like 7th most this century. So you can't let that happen again. But one thing I did want to get to is some. Um, we just had Eric went up to uh, practice yesterday. It's what I closed out yesterday's show uh, solo. He went up and he talked to Calvin Tyler Jr. and Hale Mutuapawaka. And so we're going to go ahead and play those. We're going to start with uh, Calvin Tyler Jr., assuming I've put it into the computer properly. We'll get that uh, ready here in just a second. Calvin Tyler Jr. in the middle of quite a string of games here. You're having a moment for Utah State. Three straight 100-yard rushing games. What's that feel like for you, getting that kind of accomplishment, getting into that kind of a rhythm? Uh, man, it feels great. Uh, but first thing first, I got to thank the good Lord above, man. Uh, man, yeah, like I said, it's the good Lord uh, blessing me and my teammates every day to come out and work. We're getting it done at practice, and uh, I can't take none of the credit. I got to give it up to the O-line, the other, ten, the other guys that's out there with me, and this 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 for them like everything i do is for my team and that's all that matters to me so i don't care if it was a hundred yard game as long as we get the dub i can i can care less but i'm thankful i'm grateful most definitely 
um, all those yards, only one touchdown so far. You only found pay dirt once. Is that uh, is that a little concerning to you, or is it as long as you're getting the dub? Uh, no, nah, that's all a part of the method. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like I said, once again, as long as we get the dub, I don't care if I had zero touchdowns on the year. As long as the win column is there, like, that all, that's all that that's all that's matter, that matters to me. I'm sorry. But, uh, yeah, I can care less. But, uh, of course, I mean, you're a running back, you want to score. But if it don't happen, it's okay. Like, get back to practice, keep working. And I feel like things will keep working out for me. After the game, Saturday, Bishop talked about how you were a very calming presence for him when he had to come out onto the field. What was what were some of those conversations like? He's coming in and thrown into a situation without really any reps, and he's got to perform, but you were there kind of helping him through it all. Uh, most definitely. Uh, I told him, man, go out there and do what you know. Like, it's still football, man. At the end of the day, it's still football. Yeah. Boys might be bigger, but at, at the end of the day, it's still football. So come out there, relax. You made for moments like this, and that's why I told him, like, I got you. I won't let nothing happen to you, nothing like that. But yeah, like, I, I, it was good having him out there too with me, because like, whether he knows or not, he also helped me, especially with them drives when I was tired. So it's good uh, that he said that, and I, I'm gonna keep uh, having this back the rest of this year. Uh, fourth different quarterback, but you've been pretty steady. Um, is it different from one quarterback to the next? If there's somebody in there versus one over another, but I mean, you're if you're out there with them, does it really change much? No, there's no difference for me. It don't change at all. And um, like I know the offense too. I know the offense just as well as some of them quarterbacks do. But uh, yeah, it's no different. So it feels great. Like all them guys getting the chance to go out there. That's what I'm happy for. And they all came in and executed. Wyoming has a really stout front seven and make it tough to run the ball. They, but they've also been kind of all over the place a little bit. They've had some games where they really performed well against Air Force, but then they've had other games where they've let other teams really do a lot against them. What are you seeing so far in prepping for Wyoming? Uh, great team. Uh, guys go try to beat like like once again like the Colorado State. They're gonna be try to try to out physical uh, us. They're gonna be very physical get down here and uh, be very aggressive. So I, I expect nothing but like another uh, hard working game, bully game. So, uh, What do you think about the uh, Bridgers rifle trophy? What do you think about the big rifle? Do you think that's cool or is it not really that important to you? I think it's cool. I didn't know nothing about it. Cause like, uh, like coach say, yeah, it's a rifle game, but at the end of the day, the win, that's what matters. So like we get the win, we get the rifle. So, I mean, I guess it's cool. I don't know. Nothing. I didn't know too much about it, but it, until last year when I saw him take it from me. So that's the only thing I remember about that rifle. <laughs> you want to get it back? Yes, sir, most definitely. All right, Calvin Tyler, best of luck on Saturday. Yes, sir. Thank you. So that was Calvin Tyler Jr. talking with Eric Franson uh, yesterday. Um, so, you, know, uh, you know, certainly a lot there. I mean, kind of at the end there, he was talking about the rifle. Um and I'll say, for me, it is definitely just a cool trophy. Um, there's unfortunately just not a ton of history. And this isn't a, you know, heated rivalry. There's been some good games, but these two teams just don't like, there's not really a dislike or anything like that. So it's, you know, and I'm not saying like rivalries have to be like fueled by hate and whatnot. You can be fueled by friendly competition and whatnot. But the main thing about the, this rivalry is it has a cool trophy. And it is interesting, a couple of press conferences I've been in, I mean, there was one uh, a few years back, and <laughs> one of the players, I forget who it was, this is a linebacker, I think it was like Eric Munoz or something like that. Um, he was like a walk-on, got a scholarship after having a really big game, had like two interceptions and some other things. But he's sitting there, he's, he's got the podium there in a little kind of amphitheater-type room. Um, and the gun's pointing out into the crowd. 
um, of reporters who are sitting in this in this like team room base. It's like, okay, there's a gun pointed out. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. Um, that's kind of my main memory of the rifle is the fact that at one point it was pointed at the pool of reporters. So, um, other than that, it just looks really cool when you pose for it uh, in a photo. Um, another thing, he, he brought up his offensive line, giving credit to his own line and and uh, among others, obviously giving credit to God. Um, obviously has that belief. But for me, if there's one turnaround with this team in terms of the run game, it really just has to come down to the offensive line. We can talk about maybe improvements in Calvin Tower, and I will say, he looks better. He's run quicker. He's hit holes with more explosiveness, and he is running better. I have to say that about him. But for me, the, he's been running into holes that exist now that weren't before. And the offensive line is doing such a, just a much better job in blocking for Calvin Tyler and for Robert Briggs and for whoever's been in at quarterback. The offensive line is blocking so much better that that is the number one reason why the run game is taking a bit of a turnaround. Because I bought this stat, and I'm not going to have the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I mean, even in this season, they ran for 261 in the first game, but then they ran for like 79, 126, and 94. Three straight games of you know, not great running. And even last year, for most of the season, after a decent start, they were struggling to run the ball. Well, the last three games, 204, 199, 252 on the ground. So... That's a huge turnaround in the run game. And it's fueled largely by offensive line blocking. And also by improvements from the running from the running back and having, you know, running quarterback. There are multiple factors in this. But for me, it's like 75-80% of the improvements the last few weeks in the run game have come because of improvements in the offensive line. And it's the same guys. I mean, in the BYU game when they ran for uh, 204. They were missing Alfred Edwards. They were down their you know best offensive lineman. And they still did fine. Because for whatever reason, they've been playing a lot better. And I you know won't know exactly why. It could be some differences in scheme. But there's a lot of similarities in the stuff they're running uh, in the run game. But who knows? Uh could play I might uh Got to figure out how many breaks I've got left. I got two breaks left, so I'm actually gonna get to a break really quick, and then we're gonna play um, Hale Motuapuwaka, the interview that Eric did with him. So we'll be back with that after this break. Are you a small business owner? Who's your bank? This is Bruce Rigby. I want to invite you to bank with us at Cash Valley Bank. We specialize in helping small business, and we have great people. That's the Cash Valley Bank difference. Decisions made locally, without all the red tape, by people who care and know how to help small business. Cash Valley Bank, growing, expanding, and proud to have our roots firmly planted in Cash Valley. Cash Valley Bank, member FDIC. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. 
Want to set yourself apart from the competition? A new leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take online interactive classes. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 15th to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. Essie Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At match quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing. So you'll get Essie Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. Don't get caught without power after a windstorm or a major winter freeze. Golden Spike Electric offers Generac backup generators so you can be prepared and keep your home warm while avoiding frozen pipes. Golden Spike Electric is one of the largest Generac dealers around, so you know it'll be installed right. Whether you're a homeowner or an electrician, contact Golden Spike Electric to rest easy the next time the power goes out. Online at gsegenerators.com or call 435-257-3016. They also service other models. It doesn't matter who you root for. The Full Court Press has all the high school sports covered. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. All right, and we're back with Full Court Press. I managed to screw things up, and I tried to hit the uh, rejoin music, and I clicked something else. So we are (laughs) going without rejoin music. So... I want to get to some audio we have from Holly Motuapawaka. Um, Eric spoke to him yesterday. We played the interview Eric did with Calvin Tyler Jr. just before the break. We'll get to that. I, I will get to 8968's text first. Um, and this is something I brought up in my, my Monday cooldown. Um, where he says, hey, Aggies, when you score, don't get a dumb penalty. And, yeah, that uh, goes with... Uh, the fact that, like, it seems like every time Utah State scores, it feels like they're getting an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. And I think I counted out the number of unsportsmanlike conduct penalties Utah State has, and I think it's nine. Nine of the 65 penalties they have this season are the single most avoidable penalty in existence, unsportsmanlike conduct. So, yeah, that's fun. So, yeah, we, we need Utah State to not get get those unsportsmanlike penalties because they are just so avoidable. Even Coach Anderson has one, which can be really annoying. But anyway, I wanted to get to this this audio from Holly, and then uh, we'll get another break, and we got to get to the Jazz before the end of the show. So really quick, here's uh, Hale Motuapawaka. Aggies getting ready for the trip to Wyoming. Hale Motuapawaka getting ready for a Wyoming offense that can run the ball and has had some success running the ball at times this season. So from you, your standpoint, and what you're seeing out of Wyoming, what do you see them doing in some of the success that they've had some points this season? 
Um, you know, Wyoming, that's what they're known for is uh, the way they can run the ball. You know, running the ball is in their DNA. They're a very tough team, especially on offense. Their front is big and physical, and they, they move well. And, and you got a really good running back in Titus and as well as a threat in, um, in Peasy. So it's going to definitely be a challenge for us. It's going to be a war, but um, we're very excited for it. Yeah, one of the big challenges with a guy like Peasley, and we know him well here, just he can break contain and he can slip out, and sometimes that can be tough. What kind of challenge is that facing somebody like that with a mobile quarterback who's got speed and has got wheels? Um, it's definitely a challenge because he brings another um, element to his game, to his, his bag of play. So um, just being able to contain him, um, that's going to be a big emphasis for us as well this week. You know, you know being here... Um, with him since 2018, like I've seen how um, great of an athlete he is. So um, it's very exciting to see, and um, we're excited to play him. What are your thoughts about the Bridger rifle? You think that's a cool trophy to have in this uh, series? Oh man, it's a super cool trophy. I got a really cool picture of me um, when we had it in 2019, and uh, the plan is to get it back. Yeah, <laughs> very nice. Always good to have those trophies here in Logan. Um, with uh, with kind of the state of the team right now, it seems like this is. A team is definitely uh, on the rise. You guys have made some key adjustments, uh, more accountability, more student and, and player leadership. What, what's your thoughts there? What are you seeing from like the player leadership and holding each other accountable? I just feel like um, there's a big attitude change. You know, I, get, I feel like maybe in the beginning of the season, a lot of us felt as if um, we were just expected to play as good as we did last year. And you know, I think it's a good way to wake us up in an eye-opener to, you know, struggle in the beginning because it really humbled us and made us say, you know what, it's time to um, put our head down and really get to work and um, be what we want to be because we're capable of it. We're a very talented team. I believe that very, um, very much. And, you know, it, just, it was just an attitude change and you've seen a lot of people begin to step up and become leaders and um, come out of their comfort zone and really, you know, hold each other hold all of us or sorry hold each other accountable yeah yeah very cool well uh best of luck on saturday going up at uh, in wyoming looks like it could be a little bit cool windy does that really bother you or does that really affect your position and how you play um i don't like to i don't really like to um you know think about it too much i just go out there and play and whether it's cold snowing raining or Super hot, you know, you just got to go go out there and play. You're going to still see me with no sleeves, and maybe I'll wear some gloves, you know, keep my fingers warm, but that's about it. That's how the linemen are built. We're built tough. Very good. Holly, thank you so much, and good luck on Saturday. Thank you. Go Aggies. So that was Holly Motuapawaka with uh, Eric Francis yesterday. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll be back. We'll have some final thoughts on Utah Jazz and close up the show. Advanced Heating and AC, the two-time gold medal winner in Best in Nova, Utah. They're teaming up with Carrier Heating and Cooling. Carrier provides you the best furnace units available, and now's the best time to buy a new unit before the weather turns Cash Valley cold. Financing options are available. Turn to the experts at Advanced Heating and Carrier. Advanced Heating and Air Conditioning, 752-7272. Or stop by their showroom west of DI and online at advancedheating-ac.com. We're not comfortable until you are Advanced Heating and Air. 
It's game time, and you're in the locker room ready to take the field. But suddenly, you notice a player you don't recognize. He's wearing your team's jersey, and he even knows your name. But you've never seen him before now. Would you trust this stranger with your team's playbook? That's exactly how phishing scams work. And the first quarter of 2022 saw the highest volume of phishing attacks ever recorded. Protect your business with the Les Olson Security Suite from Les Olson IT. Learn more at lesolson.com. I'm Nate Kreckman. This week in the Mountain West, Utah State is back in the Mountain Division race with Boise State, Wyoming, and Air Force. While Hawaii gets in the win column in the West, we'll bring you an extended conversation with Rainbow Warriors head coach Timmy Chang about his team's improvement, the brotherhood, and his mentor, Jay Norvell. It's all this week on the Mountain West Radio Network. Friday afternoon during the full court press on Sports Talk Radio 1069 FM, 1390 AM, the Join the show by calling 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back, Full Court Press, Jason Walker. Uh, We're missing, uh, or almost said Ajay Salveson. Missing Eric Franson. Did I call myself Eric Franson? I don't know. This is Jason Walker. It wouldn't be me running the board if I didn't screw it up real bad at least once. That's already happened. So, still, let's get to our final thoughts here on the show. Just a couple of minutes left uh, before we uh, give it up to Fox Sports. Um, didn't, get, didn't get as much time as I wanted to to talk about the Jazz. I had initially planned for like an entire segment. Uh, on the Jazz, and now we're only going to get a couple of minutes. Um, but the Utah Jazz opening up the season tonight. Tank note, everybody, because the take note hashtag was stolen by Apple. <laughs> There's a whole uh, <laughs> whole story about that happening. That was, that was kind of funny, where Apple rolls out something and they end up saying take note, because, of course, the Jazz can't have nice things. So the, the tank season begins. The Jazz play the Nuggets. Uh, the Jazz are seven-point underdogs. Uh, and Eric's thinking the Nuggets are going to cover comfortably. I will never um, try and guess a basketball spread because they're just, you know, basketball margins are just so hard to predict. For me, it's just wins and losses. And I think the Jazz are going to lose. Um uh, unfortunately, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, as far as injuries, there's only probably one notable injury, uh, and that's Yudoka Azubuki. He's out, as he always seems to be, with some sort of foot-ankle injury, and that's what he's listed as, some ankle-slash-foot injury. I didn't look up what, which one it is. If is. I'm sure somebody's got more details on that, but he's out, and he'll probably be managing injuries the whole year. Um, the Nuggets are missing like a rookie undrafted point guard, I think, who's out and will be out for a while, but that's not important because it's going to be all the Jamal Murray, probably it's the Jamal Murray return. That's the big story here. And then obviously Nikola Jokic being basically one of the, I, I just, you can just call him the best player in basketball. I know people want to say Giannis, but Jokic is a two-time reigning MVP. And to me, I, I look at him as arguably the best player in basketball. And he's going to show that tonight. Uh, you know, as far as what I'm looking for in this game, I want to see some fun offense. You know, that that's what I'm expecting from this team, so can they do it? 
Can they be fun on offense? And can they give some effort on defense? Execution may be lacking, but I want to see that, that effort because it means Coach Hardy is able to get to these guys about playing defense. So that'll do it for, uh, for me on this show. Um, again, we may not be here on Thursday and Friday, but that'll do it for us today.